0: From worlds beyond, to right at the gaming table, these are all my fancy children. Hey, Jeff, happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children Birthday Q&A Edition. My name is Eric sayas My name is Jeff Stormer. Uh, and this is All My Fantasy Children's 5th anniversary Q&A episode. Jeff, it is, uh, what day is it? It is the 14th. We are two days behind, and it will not go up on Sam Gord's birthday. But we've been making this show for five <laughs> years. Uh, a couple shows
1: that have, a couple shows that we have ran uh longer than
0: oh damn like television programs or are you about to bomb other podcasts
1: like uh we've the uh, daredevil marvel's daredevil oh, okay good i was like it. yo
0: jeff ease off the <laughs> gas dog <laughs> marvel's daredevil beat it oh yeah we definitely did mr robot beat it oh out of here get out of here spartacus beat oh, it adios dragon ball super we lasted longer got than it. them we have more episodes than dragon ball super i believe got it done we're crushing it frankly, and I'm happy to still be making this very silly, yeah. very incredible best podcast of all time. Gotham? Gotham? What the fuck is Gotham? Fuck Gotham. I'm here Get for done. Fantasy. This show's been running for 5 years strong. We've been doing prompts. We have 198 pieces of audio as of right now, I believe. 169, nice. Episodes, I think. And like we're not stopping any time soon because this train just this train just left the station. Ballers with The Rock, done. Is it? Thank God. I watched the first season of that, and I was like, what's wrong with me? This just sucks. (laughs) We talk about television. I could keep going. I could keep going. (laughs) We could keep going talking about uh, booty TV shows that didn't last as long as us, or great ones that didn't last as long as us, but we're not going to, because we have an important task today. We are not making the greatest character ever told this week we are not adding to our g- canonical world called fantasy we are answering listener submitted questions as is our it's our birthday party jeff and i have a quick question for you it's five years what did you get samuel Gord for his fifth birthday
1: uh even though he's like some,
0: 21 i
1: got some great news yeah i got a clown <gasps> I went on to I went on to Etsy. I went uh, on I got I went on to I went on to Fiverr. I got a clown. Yeah. And like there looks like Aaron looks like there's a whole bunch of clowns. And they just pulled up and a whole gang of them.
0: Oh. Oh, they don't look they don't look funny. Oh boy, no, they look oh, rather no. rather disturbing actually. Yeah, I don't
1: I don't like any part of it, They're carrying one of they're carrying a clown. I think that's the one
0: that I booked. They're carrying him on a throne of skulls. They got Samuel Gord a pine box. Oh, that's a coffin. Oh, that's oh, a coffin no, for that. Sam Gord. <laughs> Sam Gord, get out of there. Sam Gord, run. Run, Sam. Go to Chad's house. Tell them to call us. Tell them to call us when you're safe. <laughs> Sam, get, we're to Sam Chad's Gord's house. parents. <laughs> get, sorry. <laughs> I just got a text. He made it. <laughs> but we, <laughs> So we basically got Sam Gord two good parents. That's what yeah. we got him for his yep. birthday. Yep, and yep, he yep. deserves that. He deserves that. He does. Um, But no, we're going to answer some listener submitted questions because we've been making this show for five years. It's a show that we're incredibly proud of. And we're going to talk about it for like an hour and change because, you know, sometimes the thing that I want to give myself for my show's fifth birthday is an ego boost.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes the thing that I want to give is an easy recording.
0: (laughs) You know, I want you all listeners to know it is hot as fuck outside right now. My air conditioner's going, but it does nothing in this New York heat. That's true. And so, you know, we're chilling. Usually I'm really excited to record, which I am. I mean excited in the way that like I'm sweating because I'm like so intensely thinking of ideas. But I'm ready today to have some fun in the I'm sun. Swe- I'm sweating in a much different context today. <laughs> I'm sweating in a much different context today. As in, it is hot as shit. But we're gonna take that heat and we're gonna bring it to answering your incredible listener submitted questions. You've sent us a shit ton this year, and I want to get to as many as humanly possible. Sound good? Are you ready to go? Are you ready to dive in? Sounds great. We, of course, have our Google Doc with all of your questions. It is eight pages long this year. So let's see. uh, Let's start it off. I have one. Um, It's from our friend Richard Kreutz Landry, longtime junior wizard and friend of the show. Jeff, what is something you have been finding joy in lately that isn't related to tabletop RPGs? Oh,
1: uh, a Twitter.com.
0: Oh, is that what's bringing you a lot of joy? (laughs) Me too. It's It's such such a good place. Every day, I
1: feel like I log on to Twitter and my day is made better.
0: It's honestly like a mental spa.
1: It's so, it's just a treat. It's a vacation.
0: It's a place where like, it's what, um, it's what I imagine like a hub in like World of Warcraft is like, we just go and you meet up with friends and you talk about stuff, you know? You shoot the shit.
1: And then and then somebody comes over and just yells at you.
0: Just yells at you. <laughs> just responds to your thread and I'm like, I don't know you. But... <laughs> but anyway.
1: Let's see. Something I've been finding joy in that isn't tabletop RPGs. Let me think about this. Um, do you have an answer?
0: Oh, um, I mean, yeah, I've been playing those Spider-Man games finally. I'm several nice. years late. And I've so you're
1: finally playing Spider-Man two for the PlayStation, the PlayStation two.
0: I'm actually playing the uh, Flying Edge Productions one for Sega Genesis. Uh, It's called Mm. Flying Edge Games. It's really bad, no. But I'm finally playing those ones from PlayStation, and they're very fun. And I will say it's the it's bringing me a lot of joy because I forgot how much I like Spider-Man. Great character, love Spider-Man. Great character. I always love. How the big emphasis of like he his life is all fucked up. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> like it. he can't balance being Spider-Man. I love it. I always have loved that. Um and it's just like making me reconnect with like a character that I kind of forgotten about because I've been so deep in like JRPG land for so fucking long. I forget about like the Marvel cinematic universe outside of the movies. And mm-hmm. so seeing things that are like of of Marvel land that aren't the Avengers. Is very refreshing to hear mm-hmm. like really good voice actors and see really cute animation and like it, it's I just like Spider Man a lot I really I like too. the power Spider Man yeah I like when he's in college I like when he's older I don't like high school like I don't like uh the Holland age I like when he's oh, like remember the animated series he's like yeah like a fucking graduate program or like a doctorate program I like that age Spider Man because like he should have his shit together but he doesn't and it's the realist yeah
1: no I, I appreciate <laughs> that I love yes. it.
0: So what have you been finding joy in lately?
1: Um, <laughs> my answer is homemade cherry cola.
0: A word recipe, please.
1: Well, it's just it's just regular cola, but with like some maraschino cherry, like a little Yum. dash of the maraschino cherry syrup. Maybe a little few cherries dropped in. You Ooh. leave those cherries at the bottom of the glass, you scoop them out with a spoon, you eat them, they've been soaking up the, the soda the whole time.
0: That's a delightful treat.
1: It is a, it is a very simple way to just really like decadently treat yourself for a Look few minutes. You. I love uh, that. It's lovely. It's And great. that's not related to tabletop RPGs. It's not. It's just a thing I like. And it's important to have those. You could buy the, I could buy cherry cola, but it's not even remotely the same thing. I have a feeling it is not. It's just not the same
0: thing. It's not. not. Do you have a question you want to start with? What are you feeling? Do you see anything you like? Let's go with this one uh,
1: from from that guy in the back. How do you think the tone of the show has changed from the last season?
0: Oh, let me check. I gotta get an episode list up. I yeah, forgot. Actually, that's part of this as that's, well. That is
1: part of this is we gotta like acknowledge Jeez. like what we have done in the last year of AMFC. Wow. So the last, the first one was Lady Violet Strongwood with Alex Lanigan, Everything past that moment.
0: Okay. Oh. Oh. I have an idea. I know. So for me, the tone has shifted into it's I feel like we've hit a nice balance with like continuing the canon and things like that, you know, like developing Mm -hmm. this world to have like stronger images and like a world for people to enjoy. Like Found on Lost is a fucking banger. This season, I feel like is our best one so far because I feel like they're all fucking bangers. Like I'm looking through these and I'm like, oof, Balan Wisteria is very good. Cinder Pine is a really good episode. Zane Femur is really good altheria quicksilver like the page in their jack like come on Mm -hmm. the county fairs of truth i feel like we're finding this nice balance with um developing the world but maintaining the fun of like episode zero where it's Mm -hmm. like taking silly things then going okay so that's silly let's justify it and let's lean into it a little more i feel like this season we have rediscovered why we like making the show personally Mm -hmm. i have I've really reconnected with why I like it. That's why I liked the new Vista's new stories, which will continue. But um, I've really kind of fallen back in love with this show and being like, yeah, fuck it. It's Yellow Bug. Um, Let's make a myth of how the sun got, like how the sun rises and sets. And you're like, ooh, that's fun. It's very reminiscent of, for me, I went back and listened to like a lot of the early sillier stuff. And it's reminiscent of that, but with more serious moments of serious as in we are trying to create really cool world details and stories
1: yeah i I, the thing that i feel like we've evolved the way that i feel like the show has evolved looking at all the episodes from the last year yeah i feel like we've gotten a lot more comfortable yeah um the thing i've gotten more comfortable with is for lack of a better way to put it i mean we've always kind of we've been we've thought about this for a very long time but like we've gotten really comfortable ending things yes it feels like it feels like looking at a lot of the episodes in the last in the last year that we've produced, I don't feel that same sense of we're building this to use it for more stuff later.
0: Yes. It feels like it yes. feels like
1: we're a lot more comfortable being like, this is the story. Like this yeah. is the end, like and then like if we just never revisit a thing where like we told the story of that thing, right? Yeah. Like yeah. there's a lot of stuff in here that like there's a lot of stuff in here that like if we just never come back to. It's like, I I feel like we've, we've gotten to the end of the, of that particular story. So like, unless it comes up in an entirely different context, like we got where we needed to get with it. You know what I mean? Like I do, there's a lot of stuff that's just like, that is what it is. There's not really anything else that we need to dig into. We don't need to revisit stuff or there, we, there aren't as many lingering questions. We kind of go like, this is the story. This is the story we want to tell. This is the thing that we want to complete.
0: Let's leave it. And I like that. It's 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 friendlier for new listeners, which I like. Mm-hmm. I like that. And also like my peek behind the curtain is like back when we were making like right in the middle of the body of work when there's like a lot of callbacks to older episodes and things like that, I felt personally like a pressure to link things mm. instead of thinking of it's before we talked about um kind of like the scale of our world yeah it it was like when I had I was thinking of fantasy and what we've made is like I was already seeing the boundaries of the sandbox and not thinking that we could go beyond that you know so I was like yeah no matter what I say I have to link it back to Arthur a five jewel crown all that stuff that we've established not thinking that like these can be other places and we had this conversation about like there can be shit that has nothing to do with the Five Jeweled Crown because it's either so far away or a culture that doesn't give a fuck or, like, it just has nothing to do with it. And it was, like, this big wake-up moment for me to be like, you can just have stories that end and they're great fucking stories. They don't have to be the Marvel Cinematic Universe and they're all tied together and there's a strings of yarn. Like, the strings of yarn are still there if you really are looking for them, but, like, you and I are not trying to kind of attach things that don't belong. Yeah, you know. And
1: it, it it feels like I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is a good way to describe it because I think it just kind of naturally connects with like where I'm at with my life, which is like I'm I'm I I like things that end. Yeah, but, like I yeah. like I I have I I have come to really appreciate like a good ending, a good stick the landing, a good something that, that go I, another thing that is that has brought me joy outside of uh of tabletop RPGs been watching i watched a new tv show for the first time in a, wow in my life what is it uh we watched well it's a tv show that actually just ended but we watched it like a month after it ended it was real and like it like the way it ended like I, I i did not end on a. it did not end on a. here's what's gonna happen next yes they were pretty and like they they confidently said like this is the end of our story like mm-hmm. this is where this story ends and they showed you like the theoretical things that happen next for characters, but they were, they said confidently, like, this is it. Like, we're not like, we are ending, we are ending our story on our terms. And I I have such tremendous uh, respect for that. Then like, it, it, it it satisfied me to a way that like, I want to end more stories and like creating stories that, that I can go like, that's the story, you know, if it comes up later, cool. But like, that's the thing.
0: It doesn't have to. It th- that doesn't make it yeah. good. It doesn't make it better to have cliffhangers and connections. It's okay to have like, and then there's a bow tied on it because it almost tells us that we are good enough to just tell another story. Yeah. You know, we I don't like have it. to keep I like it. hammering I like on it the lot. oldies. You know, like I think of bands where it's like they keep playing their old shit. And I'm like, you have new music. Don't be afraid to play it. I have a question It's from mm. Emily Saf. I'm headed to Arby's. Y'all want anything? Guy's super do. What would you get? Emily's going to Arby's, they're picking up stuff, what do you want?
1: Um, So I'm getting a beef, I'm getting a beef chatter.
0: Okay. I'm
1: going, I'm going with the onion bun, I'm going full okay. big beef and cheddar with the onion bun. Rip. I'm getting, uh, I'm gonna get a side of curly fries.
0: Oh god damn.
1: Uh, I'm probably a coke, probably a root beer. Uh, maybe, maybe if it's a weekend, if I'm, if I'm really cutting loose a shake, but like I feel like I feel like roast. I feel like beef and cheddar fries drink is like the iconic. And that's now now I only say that because I know that the five for five deal is no longer an option. It is
0: no longer an option. No. And <laughs> what
1: do you get? What were you getting? What are you, are I'm you getting
0: get- just a large seasoned curly fries and a chocolate shake to dip them in.
1: Solid. Cannot, I want that not so mix. bad right now. I don't like coffee, but the Jamocha shake always, always Oh, that's what it was, that's what me. it was, I was thinking of that,
0: that's what the, I want, the Jamocha. The mint, the
1: mint, and the coffee, and the chocolate, it just, it worked, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. of the very few coffee-flavored things that I've ever enjoyed. I love it. I'm coming ready, I'm ready to play. You think this is a game?
0: I don't, I'm so sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, question for you, from Cheerio Buffet, what standard D&D tropes do you want to reinvent? <sighs>
1: I I am coming to you today (laughs) with the hottest take. Oh boy, that I've ever delivered.
0: Oh fuck,
1: on all my fantasy children,
0: y'all get ready.
1: One of the hottest takes that I've ever delivered in my life,
0: sizzling meat.
1: Probably the hottest take I've ever delivered in relation to AMFC. (laughs) And I and I think that you can look back over the last year, and I think that it kind of stands evident of that
0: evident
1: i think that the show Mm. in a lot of respects so many has moved there's a period of the show in the early days where we were building it off of dungeons and dragons
0: well yes i mean it, we didn't go in loaded with that. It was just coming from a place. It of just like, was like it
1: was the we cultural the fuck recognition. Else use. Right. It was. It, it was, was easy,
0: and it was right there.
1: It was the thing to kind of latch onto, right? Like I'm not not saying that we were like this is our five E setting, but like
0: no, we were kind of just like what the fuck else are we supposed to? Use? The
1: The, trop- <laughs> the tropes. Of, the tropes were familiar to us, so we were able to like hang hats on them. Then there was a period of the show where we were like, we we had you know grown a little bit we had grown a little disillusioned like we'd kind of learned about the, the the problems with a lot of tropes and found ways to kind of reinvent a lot of them and i feel like in the last year we've gotten to a place where like we're doing really cool and weird things and i think a lot of it is because we're we're, we're coming at it from, not from a place of of here's a thing that we want to engage with and more from a, yeah. I, like i feel like i feel like and this is perhaps antithetical to the fact that we are a show that uses tabletop role-playing games and exist on a tabletop role-playing game podcast network hi james hey <laughs> but i feel like th- th- like there have absolutely been episodes where we just don't touch a thing and don't really touch a game and just go like let's just tell a cool weird story yeah that's much more and I my feel brand like personally i feel like that's become some of the most interesting
0: like shit is when we just are like this is a cool thing. Let's just
1: run with this.
0: One thousand percent. It's it's the shift that we've made from meeting games and being tabletop adjacent and talking about hot takes to being like a, I always say, like it's like a creative writing show where we are in the room with us.
1: And the thing that I love is like there's still that space. Like we both just love like world building games and yeah. like creative tools. But I feel like the further we get into this space where it's just two creative people sharing ideas and sharing ideas with people that listen to the show. And like the further we lean into that space, the better the show will
0: become. I agree. I agree. So that's, that would be my answer as well. Of like, what do you want to reinvent? It's like kind of the need to use the, what is seen as the standard of tabletop for some fucking reason and fantasy tropes and to kind of steer away from them and see that like you can reinvent everything by just kind of trusting in your own creative abilities and fun And just like spitballing and sitting down and saying, we're not going to do that. So let's see what does come out, you know? And it's very exciting. It's been my favorite thing in the world is to kind of steer clear of, you know, very Dungeons and Dragons, very Tolkien shit and see what we can come up with.
1: This is what's exciting to us. Let's just make it. Let's just make it happen and get weird with it.
0: Yeah. It's been a confidence boost for me in this show that it's like, oh, what's the show? Really? I'm always like, it's kind of like a storytelling show where we're kind of just re- we're creating our own like fun imagination land and it's yeah. been fucking it's been soothing
1: it's where the show happens
0: yes and i love it
1: i apologize to cheerio i do i hope that didn't come across like i was being like yeah, no fuck you, but like it, <laughs> no i thought it was an, an interesting jumping off point to that question
0: it is an interesting jumping off point to the question and like if you know if you've listened to the body of the show you know how much we leaned into dungeons and dragons but it comes from it came from a place of like I don't know what the fuck else to do. We didn't know that we could just sit down and not use games and talk about games, and so it was a it was a weird spot.
1: <laughs> Aaron, here's a question for you from our friend Taylor Labresh: uh, What's le- your favorite fish to catch?
0: Oh man, I'm a Jersey ghoul, so I like these things called chain pickerel, which Taylor will appreciate. Taylor gets to fish in Minnesota, so Taylor gets uh, northern pike. They're like these cool fucking dinosaur eel fish. In Jersey, Philly area, and a lot of places, we get to catch chain pickerel, which are the smaller cousin of uh, northern pike. They're pretty nasty little critters, and they're really—I just think they're really pretty. They're covered in mucus, and they're a really neat and interesting fish. That is my favorite fish to catch. Love it. Oh, I have a question for you from Xander at Heartbeats Cast. Go for it. In fantasy, how many secret moons are there? oh secret moon because we have one moon that like crashed to the planet and made moon crescent but then we've decided we also said that there's still a moon in the fucking sky yep so how many secret moons are there i would like to say several
1: those gotta be several gotta be gotta be several minimum
0: and my my logic behind it is if if the world is as large as we say it is our perspective of like astral bodies would be different you know what I mean? If yeah. it took that long for like the one sun, if there was one sun to like revolve around fantasy, it would be like, it would take like a year to get to the other side. So there has to be multiple astral bodies that light heat and provide like, you know, moonlight to the planet. Yeah. I yeah. Love that. So I would say like, how many secret moons? They're not a secret, but there are. I'm going to go ahead and say different moons. I would like there to be three, personally.
1: Three is a good number. So there are three moons. Here's the thing. There are three moons. There are actually 99 secret moons. Uh, (laughs) The answer is that they are in the podcast right now. If you go find the 99 secret moons. Uh, you will actually unlock the rainbow stage, Ooh. Uh, which does not have rails on the side of the course, no. and thus it is very easy to fall off of. It you're is. really going to want to use the brake. I know that I know that you've been trained to not use
0: the brake. I know you're used to using the shoulder buttons to do the little poof, the poof, But pump, it, you're going to fall. Mm-mm. You're going to fall off. You're, you're, you will. So be warned that the three moons you can trust... Ooh, I like this idea of three moons. By the way, I want to think of like a crea- creative name for them. But the ninety-nine moons, be careful,
1: be careful. But if you if you beat the if you beat the if you beat the rainbow stage, that's how you actually get the music selector. Oh! And you unlock the you unlock the character model display, so you can go through and see all of our costumes, the costumes that we didn't wear on the episodes. There's oh nice. There's uh, a <laughs> yeah. It's all you know. You get you get you get uh, you get business Jeff. You get podcaster Jeff.
0: You get soccer shorts and hiking uh socks Aaron. That's pretty much the only flavor.
1: You get you get Parallel Universe Evil Jeff, which is just Jeff without a goatee.
0: Oh, and you get Parallel Universe Evil Aaron, who is the one that looks like me, because the regular right. one is has is has been disposed has of. Has been cast off into the <laughs> Phantom Zone. Of course. Uh how many notebooks do you currently have filled with fantasy knowledge? Uh let me look at my shelf. Um, I would say upwards of seven i would like to give them away one day by the way hmm. i'd like to like give them away because they're full of like new here's here's stuff. what we do
1: the day that we end the podcast you just give them to someone <laughs> and give them with a with a little notepad that has the login and, and you like, just go i didn't
0: <laughs> listen to your show dude i don't know what the fuck this is <laughs> that's
1: what the notebooks are for and then you and then you drive away
0: <laughs> i love it do you
1: have a question uh yeah magical girl kira alice asks who's the vegeta of fantasy
0: oh fuck um, hmm, the Vegeta of Fantasy. So like the asshole who turns good. Gotta think about it. Shuckles the quest daughter. No. <laughs> <laughs> done. Yeah, it's the chuckles. Shuckles. that's fucking it. Uh it might be, I don't know. Oh no, Chad Butternut gets stabbed because he's a villain at the end. So it's definitely not <laughs> Chad Butternut. You
1: know, it might not necessarily be like a literal uh asshole that turns good. It might be like it might be I actually I have an answer
0: okay I'm ready
1: my answer is Chad butternut oh because because I don't think that there's been a more prominent foil character who has also mm. become as important to the the True. shows like Vegeta is like a like the fo- like a villainous foil to Goku yes and then because he is such a compelling, like, he is so, he becomes important to everything that comes after. Yeah. And, like, the further the show gets, like, not to, not to get into GT, but, like, he eventually becomes protector of the universe if you accept GT as canon and not super. Which, you don't. Which, who are you? Which, yeah, I was about to say. Who are
0: you? <laughs> well, well, I'm sorry. If you accept GT as canon and not super unsubscribe i want nothing to do with your earlobes i want nothing to <laughs> you, do you
1: don't bring that evil into our feet
0: yeah get that oh oh my you are banished get out gt that vegeta haircut that drawing that is peak 90s bad you get that you
1: you you you, you keep your distance god
0: uh, yeah but like the idea is that
1: vegeta <laughs> is like is that in much like much like vegeta San- chad butternut was the foil character that we kind of were we kind of established as the antagonist and as the show went on, has become like a more and more like crucial piece of the 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 overarching lore of it all. Yeah.
0: Important mark on history, even though shitty.
1: And it's still shitty, but like an important mark on the stories that would come after.
0: One hundred. Um, I have one from Rossom. Would you ever publish a book of all the MFC characters illustrated? Yeah. Fuck yes. Oh, my God. I'd trade my soul. And second question. How far apart are Aaron and Jeff physically? You're in Brooklyn. Yeah, let's look this up right now. Two hours. Yeah, but how many miles? I
1: I just typed in Brooklyn to Philly and got uh ninety eight point three miles. Is that it?
0: Not far. All right, cool. So let's say let's average up. Let's just say we're a hundred miles away. Yeah, I'd
1: say we're about hundred miles away.
0: Fuck yeah. Um, do you see
1: one you like? Oh, I do like this one from Gazer. Okay. Uh, if you could time travel to yourselves five years ago and leave a cryptic message while wearing an eye patch, what would it be?
0: Oh, my God. Um, don't stress about downloads. Mm. No, that's not a cryptic message. It's not a cryptic message at all.
1: Mine would be invest in eye patches. <laughs> <laughs> and, not, well, and that's a joke. But also, I do have to wear an eye patch because I have an eyelid issue. So mm. it could be I, I didn't have the same eyelid issue five years ago to the level that I have it now. So okay. tell like, five years ago me to buy an eye patch. Probably a good idea.
0: I I would say uh, I would say ergonomic mouse because my carpal tunnel from editing is really bad. Mm. So I would say ergonomic mouse and then poof.
1: Actually, <laughs> actually, I would say get a table. <laughs> oh wait! Please peel peel back the curtain. I don't know if you've ever told them this. Oh oh no! Oh Aaron, I can't. So for the first year to two years of podcasting, what I would do. <laughs> Is I would, I have my little nightstand, so our mattress, our bed, like, we don't have, like, a bed frame, we have the the box spring and the mattress are just right on the floor. So, I have a little nightstand next to that. It's about, like, midway up your shin. I'd pull this out. It's against the cool wall in the corner of my apartment my bedroom right now. I'd pull it out. (laughs) I'd sit behind it. I'd set up my thing. At the time I was using this, Aaron, you had given me this gigantic
0: like fifteen pound windscreen. Oh yeah, I have that. It's sitting, <laughs> I'm clearly using it right now. I'm not. It's right to the right of my <laughs> desk.
1: Um, I would I but would it grab real good. <laughs> grab that, I would put it and I would I would set up my microphone, I would set this, and I would just sit cross-legged in this tiny little corner a uh, corner like hole in my bedroom. The cat would come over and yell at me because she'd think that I was I was not well. It was not until Jen Jen Frank, producer of Party of One, looked at me and went, "You know, we could just buy you a table." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that'd be great." And so now I have a little <laughs> folding. I have this little folding table that we keep stashed behind behind my my little stand up like suit hanger thing. We just stash it back there. I unfold it for a recording, and let me tell you, my knees feel Thank much
0: better. God, that podcasting was hard on my knees podcasting was hard on a uh, on on my soul and hard on jeff's knees so i would say buy a table for god's sake <laughs> um hmm let me see oh uh this one's from the other tracy what would you do for an actual bottle of corn fanta
1: I'm gonna get vulnerable here <laughs> i'll tell you what i wouldn't do
0: okay because i think that's a better
1: answer i wouldn't take a sponsorship. Oh.
0: The <laughs> that legend makes one of us. The le-
1: well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The legend of Corn Fanta. And I feel like I don't I feel like I've told this here or maybe I have, not I'm going to tell it here now.
0: Well, of course you told it. We had an episode about Corn Fanta. You're right, we did. I, this is this, a, is this is a cornst reference. This
1: is a this is this is the dynamic of AMFC as Aaron remembers every episode. The joy of Corn Fanta to me is really truly the joy of hunt of the hunt. Go, go on. if a a corporation were to make me a bottle of it where's the thrill
0: true you know
1: but it's it's about more than the actual beverage at this point and i feel like if i just were to receive it
0: what if a fan got it for you at like a con
1: i would stage a heist okay the fan would have to have found it at like a store and then i would i would receive it but like it's got to There's got to be a story to it, right? Like, yeah, whatever the thing that I would do, it's got to have a story to it. It's got to be somebody comes up to me at a convention and goes, I have it. And I go,
0: I did you it. Don't <laughs> I did it. I did. It's glowing like you see in yeah. a bag, like you see this glow. You shield your eyes and out comes a somehow sweaty, cold bottle of corn soda. And now you have to drink it in front of them like you're getting off iced. Yeah, <laughs>
1: love it. That's what
0: I want. <laughs> OK, Um. What I would do for a bottle of Corn Fanta is just about fucking anything. So I really want to know what this thing tastes like. <laughs> so name a your quest. questions. Name your name your sponsorship. I don't give a fuck. I have a question from Emily Slash Saf. What's your favorite band right now?
1: Favorite band? Yeah, yeah. Well, I got two. Okay, they're both friends. But Kate Nix and How I Became Invisible are the two bands that I've been listening to a lot lately. Okay. They're lovely. They're incredible. They're incredible. They're very
0: good. Fuck yeah. What about you? Um, for me, it's uh The Sixth Lie. It's a Japanese rock band mm-hmm. because I'm a weeaboo. Yeah, but no, it's a Japanese rock band, and I like it. And they Yeah. Listen to Golden... Watch Golden Kamali.
1: I also started last night into today. Uh, I've taken a journey that I realize very few will go with me on, but you is know... Is it so- starting one piece? No, it is not starting one piece. It is... <laughs> Uh Aaron, it is much cooler than starting One Piece. It is listening Starting I
0: mean, Naruto, sorry. It's
1: listen Aaron, it is listening uh album by album by the through the entire discography of Canadian music hall of famers and multi-time Juno Award winners, the bare
0: naked ladies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is a lot cooler. Never mind. Holy yeah, shit, Jeff. You are face. the
1: fawns incarnate. <laughs> Aaron, I got a question for you from Faye. Uh when was the first time you realized what we were creating was really special?
0: Oh, uh episode zero. No, no question. I have no hesitation. Um, I have still, I still believe, and I've always thought that this show is legit one of the best podcasts that exist. Hmm. Um, I always have felt that we have so much heart and clarity about our creative process and where we've been at. And it's not me tooting my horn. It's just like, I believe that this show, it just needs to get into more people's hands will make people's will improve the quality of life of fucking nerds. That's like the point of the show is to just give you a break. You know what I mean? And like go off and wistfully into a fantasy world. So I've known since episode zero that this thing is special. And I am glad that the show is doing what its intended purpose is. Mm. Because I have always known that this is that it's not lightning in a bottle. It's not that kind of shit, that kind of sentiment. I just mean like I know how it makes me feel to make it, edit it, and listen to it again after I post it, because I do it every single time. Every single time. I'm like, this is so special. I, I always find that other a lot of other creators are not as open as you and I are and vulnerable about the creative process, making things, the difficulty of making shows sometimes, how our own lives are in these stories. That like you see over the course of the five years, these hundreds of characters. You see so many pieces of our lives, of our friends, of our loved ones, of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And to me it is something that I'm like, it's always something very special that I really like. Mm. So yeah, that's my toot and my horn. Brr, brr, brr. What about you?
1: Um I'll let you. I'll let you. I'll let I'll you let know where you <laughs> <laughs> um, I get. Um my answer's pretty much the same. Like the honest answer I I told so we, I, I told this exact Aaron is gonna roll his eyes because I told this exact story on another stream. Last
0: week, like four days before this recording. I'm not going to roll my eyes if it's a positive but reinforcement it is like positive. about why our show rips shit. It is.
1: It's a like, like <laughs> true, really truly like the or my origin story of all my fantasy children is we've been talking about making this show for a while and it was in the it was it existed in the space of we should start a band. Like for me, starting this yeah. podcast with you existed in the space of we should start a
0: band. Big sleepover energy.
1: And one day, I, I had watched the 2016 Bo Burnham special Make Happy, which ends on this really existential note about, like, performing in front of an audience, and, like, it, 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 it put me in this really weird headspace, and then I had somebody ghost on me for a party of one recording. Okay. Just full-on, no show, no email, nothing, and I sat there for an hour and a half waiting for this person to show up. And I was alone, I was by myself, I was sitting alone in my apartment, and I just, my brain snapped, and I was like, Aaron, I don't know, I don't care what you're doing, you're at work, and I was like, when you, like, when you get home, we're making all my fantasy children. Like, we are making this podcast today. And, like, the moment for me that I knew that it was something that was going to be much more special than, like, we could possibly imagine was and I've listened to this moment and I can pinpoint you the exact moment that it clicked with me that it was going to be something special is the moment when I say to you his name is Samuel Gord. Yes. You hear it, you hear it in my voice, you hear you hear it in your reaction. Like it just is a moment that we both go, oh, that's what we're doing here.
0: Yeah. God. Like I was so scared to make a podcast. Like, I had no idea how to edit or record, really. Like, you know, I hadn't really listened to that many shows besides, like, Party of One, Taz, Mbim Bam, and, like, a couple other things. Like, it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the idea of making something, I was like, I don't know what to do. And when you were like, fuck it, his name is Samuel Gord, I was like, oh, oh my God, this show's about to be silly. It's it's about to be what we do normally. Of of foolishness, yeah. And then you you tie a bow on it. You end up going. That was pre- actually pretty cool. That shit. It, it is. Oh, oh god, it's that's such moment, a magical it's moment. the
1: moment. It is. That is the moment. Like you hear my reaction. You hear Aaron's reaction. Like you can hear both of us light up and go. Oh, oh, is that where? Is that? Is that what this is gonna be?
0: Yep.
1: And like that vibe has not changed in five years.
0: No, it has not. Damn, that's a good answer. What do you got for me? Um. Let's find a blue one. Blue, by the way, is coded for fun, silly questions. Like ARP, A R P asks, "Who is the great clown Pagliacci of fantasy?" Okay, here we go. See, this is very much your expertise and not mine, <laughs>
1: because I am the guy that makes viral <laughs> great clown Pagliacci jokes. Like all at uh, daily,
0: <laughs> yes, that is you. It's so me. I'm like, uh, I don't. Let know. me think about
1: this. Let me, let me, let me, let me take you on it. Let me deliver, Aaron. I've been watching master classes cuz my work bought me a subscription. Hey, yeah. let me give you this I'm Jeff Stormer and this is my master class on, on on me, the, please. On I the need great it. on the great Clown Paleochi shit post. Great. So, there's a couple layers to a great to the great Clown Paleochi that are we could there's there's ones that you could point to and that you're going to think and I don't think they're accurate. Because the surface level is, like, the literal level that Great Clown Pagliacci is a clown that is sad, and, like, because he's a clown, he can't be sad. Yeah. So you're like, oh, well, I could point to, like, you know, I could point to any of the number of, like, performer characters, but, like, I don't think that's entirely accurate. But also, like, I I don't want to point to, like, the more obvious, like, characters that, like... It's not Wizard, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. like it is not. No, it's
0: not the Craigs. Because
1: there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a pathos to it, but also, like, there is this kind of slightly absurdity to it in that it is this, like, kind of completely melodrama. It's from, like, it is, it was popularized in Watchmen. I think it dates back prior to that, but a lot, most people know it from the, from the comic Watchmen. So, like, it's got this melodrama to it. So I have to think about this, because, like. It's it's got to be something that's like a little bit tragic, but is it also Headless
0: seven is headless seven. The Great I kind of think Cogliotti it's H- I kind of think
1: it's headless seven. Like, I really, <laughs> truly think it is a character that like <laughs> I God,
0: think it's I mean, no, this is your call. You're I'm the boss honestly here. thinking
1: through this. I'm honestly thinking through this. OK, I'm going to say and I, I'm going to preemptively say that it's none of the clowns. No. No. I honestly do think it is Headless 7 as a character that, like, humor and tragedy are very central to, and the idea of... No, 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 it's Arthur. Arthur is the great clown of Paleyatu. It's the idea that, like, Arthur is this this character that, like, humor is important to. We've established that Arthur is, like, a character that has humor, very core, but also, like, there's a melodrama to it, and also it's this sense of, like importance but kind of also not really like it's and it's the at the core of the joke is not that he is a clown it is that he is isolated and that he is unable to achieve peace through the very thing that makes him that that brings in him sort of his power and his place and that like is the story that we built with with
0: arthur the aardvark it makes me so happy that that's the level of depth that you gave to that question
1: i really care about great clown Valiaci jokes like I want it noted, and this is, this is, this is my, this is my, this is my self-defense. I don't make these jokes for, for Cloud, I don't make these jokes, uh, if I, if you see me on Twitter drop a great Clem banger, it is because in my heart I was like, there it is, I got it, I've, I've cracked the code once again, so like, I, I've put a lot of care into these really pointless shit posts.
0: Jesus. Th- that makes me so much happier to know.
1: Aaron, Emily Saf asks, uh, if you got to make All My Fantasy Children the Jukebox musical. Okay. But you could only use songs from other jukebox musicals. What would be the opening number?
0: From other jukebox It's gotta be from a jukebox musical. Musicals. Oh jeez. Um God, this is a this is a really tough one. Um because there's a lot and there... They're not my favorite. I'm not gonna lie. They are my probably least favorite things in the world in terms of musical theater. It's
1: kind of why I wanted to ask you because yeah, I wanted oh, to put you on the spot. I
0: still feel like they sh- they signal the death of musical theater. <laughs> um. Oh, jeez. I'm looking at the list of them on Wikipedia.
1: Let me also do the same because I pulled up the track list for Mamma Mia, which is the my favorite of the jukebox musicals, and I yeah. don't feel like there's anything in that. I don't feel like there's a song in there that like says it's the
0: one that I want to go with. There are a lot of shitty ones. Like, the ones like Million Dollar Quartet, like, that's an impersonator show, so I don't think that one counts. Um, I've done Life Could Be a Dream, so I would say Life Could Be a Dream, because it's all, like, uh, 50s, 60s music. It's, like, doo-wop-y, mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, songs of the 1960s. And I would say that the... Was this the opening number? Yeah. Um, For me, it would be... <laughs> to the song Tears on My Pillow, to symbolize my... Start to all my fantasy children is literally nothing but stress. Tears on my pillow.
1: My answer <laughs> is uh, it's gotta be cheeseburger in paradise.
0: Oh fuck yes, there we go. Because <laughs> escape why. from Margaritaville is of course a motherfucking musical. <laughs> I don't
1: know why it's cheeseburger in <laughs> paradise. well, it is paradise.
0: fun, silly, and we would sing it in rock band, so that totally counts. Yeah, it counts i'm about it i love it but i would definitely tears on my pillow where do you I'm so go sorry. where do
1: you go in fantasy to get the best cheeseburger
0: oh oh mama cat and corby's probably has it's like uh everybody goes for the pizza but if you really know their cheeseburger is a fucking banger mm. like you know it's like it's like a diner burger like it's big as shit and you can get like a fried egg on it and any kind of cheese you want because they have all that cheese yeah for the pizza so you can ask like yo can i get a burger with like a fried egg pepperoni and like fucking tons of mozzarella cheese and they'll be like yeah well i don't give a fuck (laughs) you know what's good what's good going to a pizza place and getting
1: getting a burger and topping it
0: with 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 pizza sausage do you like pizza burgers for me i am not a pizza burger man my dad loves pizza i don't love pizza
1: burgers but if you go to a pizza place and you top the burger with pizza sausage
0: yeah oh like you get the sausage baby. like the the the, the the
1: the if you go to like a like a like a mom like a like a hole in the wall place where they've got the big discs yeah and you get them to put the big sausage discs Ooh. on the burger Ooh,
0: i'm about it
1: cheeseburgers are my legitimate favorite food so i could talk are about the whole really? day they are
0: i love that nothing
1: nothing beats cheeseburgers for
0: me. nothing
1: any variation of a cheeseburger it's my favorite i i am, love I, am I am jughead
0: <laughs> i am jughead um jeff uh this one's from Richard Krois Landry. How is your view of yours? How has your view of yourself as a creator crystallized or shifted since you started AMFC?
1: Since I started AMFC. Five years this. ago. Five years ago.
0: I have an answer if you would need time to please, think. Please, please. Um for me, I was in a really weird place five years ago. Uh I like just moved to fucking well, no, I had been in New York for like six months and I was working at a restaurant it was fucking horrible trying to make the theater thing happen and i wanted a side project and it was fun and stuff like that but it's helped me realize that um I can combine all the things that I love doing into the creative things that I don't have to pigeonhole myself or like, because at first I was like, Oh God, I'm entering the tabletop space. I'm I'm unprepared for that. I'm a tabletop podcast. And I'm like, no, I'm a voice. I'm a performer. I'm an actor who is like tabletop adjacent. Like I have an interest in tabletop, but not that much. My interest in it is the telling stories and the world building and the characters. And it helped me realize that when you, when you love things, it's okay to kind of like run parallel to them. You don't have to like, label yourself kind of as like I'm a tabletop RPG podcaster cuz like I'm fucking not at all. I'm like an actor who likes them and I like the storytelling components and like the you know the the performance aspect of it way more and it's kind of helped me shift and really and helped me shift and crystallize the idea that you don't have to label yourself based on what like part of entertainment or whatever industry you're in you don't have to like lock yourself into some pigeonhole I'm like a performer who makes podcasts and I do voice acting and sometimes I do theater it's like you know you you can be multiple things when everybody wants you to be one thing it's okay to be like nah it's all good so I like being like jack-of-all-trades bringing my performer background into the nerd space
1: I think my answer is pretty similar I think, like, in a lot of ways, the thing that I realized is that the stuff that I, like, I can I, I can bring that in and have that be part of, like, the creative work that I do. Yeah. Like, and and it's areas that, like, I, I think when, and five years ago, like, I was in this place of, like, I'd been making Party of One for probably a little under a year. I kind of, like, didn't really know, like, what this show was going to be. Yeah. And I realized that, it's and, like, at the time, like, it was this idea of, like, I I, re- I felt like the, the the stuff that I'm doing in my corporate job and like my day job was not at all related to the stuff that I was doing outside of that. Yeah. And now I've realized like I like marketing, like I like being a marketer. I like working in marketing and like that is work that I do in tabletop and I like making podcasts and games and streams. And the, the other answer that I have is it's funny because it's kind of it's kind of or shoot on me a little bit yeah which was like five years ago i was in a space where i was like i see myself as a person who makes content around games among other things i don't i don't i've I've faded so hard on the word content and the word content creator
0: I, yeah it's shifted a lot in five years i've too. called
1: myself i call, five years ago i would call myself a content creator and now i call myself an artist and i think those are very important distinction awesome um but like at the time, I was like, I'm I am making work around tabletop games, and then there was a point where, like, I've kind of come back around on that. Like, I kind of for a while had kind of a crisis of of identity of like, what is it that I am doing? Like, what is it that I'm doing with my with my work with the the tabletop parts of AMFC with Party of One? Like, what is what is this? And I kind of this year came back around to like feeling like I was a member of the press. Yeah. And like that feeling has been the most freeing thing in the world to me. And it like put my work in a perspective and in a conversation that like feels right in a way that like it hadn't felt right in years. And so like that's the part of my my the way that I, I my sort of identity as a as a as an artist that like feels crystallized is like the work that I am doing is is spotlighting games and spotlighting creators and spotlighting stories and exploring and highlighting and and showcasing all of these things. And like that gave such a kind of unifying picture to all of the things that I love doing that. like yeah. it, it, it put a lot of things in perspective. And I and, and I feel like I am a better artist than I was even even a year ago, because I feel like I more confidently know what I am doing with my art
0: and and you see it in the show. That's the thing It's like you see when you, we were talking and we were like, hey, let's only play indie games. Like let's yeah. only feature creators that like deserve some spotlight that aren't like, you know, cake in and like, you know, being published by fucking toy companies and stuff or like let's feature indie creators, indie games, things like that. And like, you know, your two viewpoint, your your views about this whole medium as a whole and like podcasting and tabletop have really kind of laser focused into your contribution to the show, which is like highlighting games that really matter, telling like this. Honestly, for me, listening to you, it's like not knowing the fucking canon. Like mm-hmm. for me, honestly, where it's like it's very chill. Your approach is very like, nope, I'm not going to really do that. Uh, cause I, it's, it's not, so, it's not your brand. You're not, you don't force anything and you never have, but like, you've kind of just been doing what you want to do this season and it's mm-hmm. been very cool to see. And it's only made the show so much better because I feel the same way about myself in this. I agree. It's a good thing. It's a really it's it's a, it's good, good thing. I think it's a really good thing. I think
1: we've done, I think that we've both, we've both grown into more confident artists and I think it's turned the show into something better than it was
0: completely like the fucking show has uh uh there i've made i like making you know voiceover stuff so every episode has a fucking audio drama at the end i'm like yeah fuck it i'm gonna do that it's gonna be yeah. really hard and it's terrible sometimes but i'm like no i like doing it we're gonna get it done so i'm about it show good
1: i agree i agree um, what, do you, what do you got for me
0: this one's from nick are there any story types or genres that you want to include in fantasy but haven't yet
1: it's a great question i feel like we've covered a lot of stuff
0: We have covered a lot of stuff. There's a lot of like images that I've always had in my head of uh, like things that I like Same. like I have like I've always wanted to make a city that's like Midgar, like uh, like a pollutant like or just like an industry city. You know what I mean? Like factories yeah. billowing, and and not that it has to be like the same themes of Midgard. Just that visual, that and I've always wanted to pitch to you a clockwork city, mm-hmm. like some kind of puzzle city, where like the buildings shift and change. I think we've done that actually. It's like the tum- I think that turned into the tumbling city, but like some kind of clockwork mechanical shit has always been in my head. But I don't know if that's a story type or genre.
1: That's the thing. Like I don't. I feel like I feel like. We've covered most of, like, the story types and genres, and I think what I have now, and I think this has kind of made the show a little more interesting, is, like, we, what we have a lot more of is, like you're saying, like, I think what makes the, one of the things that makes the show really cool Yeah. is I've noticed that, like, we very rarely ever go into an episode and say like oh i want it to be this kind of this kind of thing
0: never locked and loaded
1: it's always i think i think that one of the really wonderful things about the show is that is that the things that we bring aren't like uh i want this to be like a swashbuckling episode it's it's that it's that we have a visual and we're like you know we can pull on that and it's just kind of like there's a dream there's a dream quality to the show what i think we're really like hitting the beats that i think is really like cool yeah of like we just are kind of being like this is cool this is a cool detail let's figure out how it fits into everything
0: yeah it's it's very much the show is driven by like impulse and where we're at today and what we're bringing what we're feeling like if I have an initial thought where I'm like I think this prompt is this it usually doesn't end up being that at all because it's very loose and mm-hmm. fluid and shapeable and malleable so that's why I really like about it is like there's no story thing that I'm really like looking to do um at all. I just kind of like seeing where things end up. And if it's a tone that we're not really feeling, we pivot and I edit it out and you never know. But like it's just the truth of it is is like it kind of goes where it goes that day and that's what I like about it. It's truly like made the fuck up.
1: You can bring energy, you can bring energy from a genre like we can be like, "Oh, I'm into these things," but like it's 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 it nothing survives contact with the recording.
0: <laughs> yeah, truly. Uh oh, this one's from <laughs> Magical Girl Kira. What's your ideal hat? It's my ideal hat. Yeah, what's your like hat that you're like, oh fuck, that'd be amazing. So I don't do hats,
1: and I have to like actively think about what my ideal hat would be.
0: Is it just a brim, but nothing on top, like a visor?
1: Like a like a like I'm a like I'm a like I'm a card shark in the
0: twenties. That is correct. <laughs> yeah, it's not really a hat; it's a visor.
1: Um, it's 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 a beer hat. It's the beer hat with the cans on the side.
0: Perfect.
1: Um. Here's the thing, I think the only times I've ever worn, like, hats that I've, like, enjoyed, I honestly think my answer is, like, a big floppy Gilligan-style bucket hat.
0: Yo, I'm (laughs) gonna say the same thing, so there's no shame
1: in that one. Like, I think it's the only time, like, the only time that I've ever, like, really worn hats is, like, when I'm, like, out and about in, like, the wilderness, and, like, A, like, I'm not worried about my hair. Because yep. I'm very vain about my hair. It's just a fact of who I am at this point in my life. You know? Uh, I'm not worried about my hair. And also, like, I have to keep the sun out of my face. Yes. So, like, and, and and the thing that I gravitate towards is the big Gilligan-style bucket hat.
0: Like, yes, mine is the same fucking thing. I frequently wear a large bucket floppy hat that I have for, like, hiking and outdoors, just being outdoors. I don't like the sun. So I usually wear long sleeve shirts in the sun. I wear, like, those fishing plastic shirts, whatever they are, and, like, a big floppy hat. And I, if my ideal hat would be a black brim in the top, I would love, like, the part that actually your head fits into, I would love for that to be a jack-o'-lantern. Like, the thing that that would look ridiculous, and love I would it. love it. Because I'm not, when I'm wearing my bucket hat, I don't give a fuck about how I look. I am just feeling, I'm just feeling the outdoor life dream, and so I'm like, oh, no, no one can tell me anything. I want to wear a pumpkin hat, so by it. Oh.
1: That, or I want a hat, or I want a hat with two, I want a hat with the straws that go into your mouth so I can put two cans of soda in either hat and just walk around drinking it, go to a baseball game.
0: You know we can get you one of those, right? I love those hats. That's what's going to happen. If you love Jeff, don't forget to send that hat to our P.O. box. that doesn't exist. Um, L, your local friend in Crab, asks, if you could be any kind of bird, what kind of bird would you be?
1: Oh, it's a boardwalk pigeon. Or boardwalk oh, seagull. Fuck.
0: Yeah, we went over this recently as a boardwalk seagull. <laughs> boardwalk seagull, no doubt. I love boardwalk seagulls.
1: That's right, that's who I came up It was your favorite bird, but like the bird yes. that I would be. Like my favorite bird is also the bird that I would be, which is a yeah. boardwalk seagull, cause like I just wanna I just wanna eat French fries and yell at people.
0: <laughs> See, that's where I'm at I'm similar where I wanna be a pelican because I just wanna like be big as shit and fly around eating fish all day.
1: Just 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 walk the boardwalk going, what? Uh. Gay, okay. come see me. Give me a hot dog. Back give me a hot dog. Up.
0: Give me a hot dog. So basically, you just want to mug people all day as a bird.
1: <laughs> I just want to harass people as just a bird. just want to bother people
0: and get them to give you your food.
1: <laughs> what more do you want in this life? I know. Aaron Faye. Aaron Faye asks, what's your favorite weather?
0: Oh, my favorite weather is just autumn. Crisp. I can wear soccer shorts and like a light jacket slash hoodie. That is my because I wear hiking socks now and like hiking sneakers every fucking day. Soccer shorts that bucket hat hoodie that fall crisp leaves walking through the park walking through the woods oh my fuck i would say uh i'm gonna give it a number i'm gonna give it if it's 61 degrees outside mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with that like a colorado morning but like an autumn northeast autumn i love a dry heat are you fucking serious love a dry heat oh dry heat sorry yeah dry heat is kind of nice i will love say. dry heat love when it's hot it's a little bit hot. little It's
1: a little bit hot. Not even a little humid.
0: Because you know it's the humidity that gets you. It's
1: humidity gets you. Humidity <laughs> gets you. Humidity gets you. All right, I got another question for you. Retro Rocks asks, "What's your favorite small piece of lore?"
0: Oh, bo- from the show, small,
1: yeah, small piece of lore.
0: Oh, that's a tough one. Let me look through. I know
1: my answer at the back of my hand.
0: I would love to know what it is.
1: I like that Marty Vargas will hassle you about that. You should make
0: a candle. <laughs> <laughs> hey what if it was a candle
1: i love that you that there's this this ghost story about like the telling your story and listening to your story but then right at the end of it now listen listen you made it a candle
0: you thought about making a candle have you thought about like this is all very interesting what you're doing but have you considered <laughs> making a candle that tells the story no no, no that's okay I, cool, cool. I don't want to fucking no, do that
1: that's fine that's that's fine but saying this would, this would look really great as a story
0: candle. I'm just saying it'd be really great if you bard Bargas is now like cause he's now 60 and he's like, Yeah, I'm just saying it'd be really great if you made it with canoe.
1: I'm just saying you got a lovely apartment. I would hate to to burn down if you didn't make a can.
0: I like, oh god, tiny bits of lore. I am such a I love the the deep lore of our fucking world so much. Oh, I liked the fact that um that Samuel Gord's dad learned farming from Chris Crownleaf. Hmm. Because it adds like this interesting twist to the story. We were like, "Oh, I don't know if he would have learned it in Purethra Guild, because we said that they were a great house of Moon Crescent." Mm-hmm. I like that. Which we haven't dove into yet, but I am one day excited to talk about like who are Sam Gord's parents. I'm that excited. is one of my that's one of my favorite things about the show is like Archibald Gord. Gord we know sucks, but we know he learned farming from Chris Cranley from brought the scale the skill to Purethra Guild to like cheat. Mm-hmm. Um and that is probably one of my favorite bits of Love little it. bits of lore. Love it. Um you get a lot, Tone of mail asks, you get a lot of prompts from a lot of different places. How do you pick which ones to use? <laughs> I, guess, I don't. Whatever I'm in the mood for, <laughs> uh five minutes before we start.
1: Aaron, Aaron <laughs> sends me Aaron sends me between one and three options, and I go, Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> truly it harkens back to the conversation where it's like, where were we at that day? And if like, you know, we're feeling I usually send Jeff like two. Yeah, you'll be like, send me like two one? or three
1: and I'll be like this one's." I'll be like that one made me laugh or like, yeah. oh, that one. I've got ideas for that one. But like, yeah, a lot of them are a lot of them. <laughs> it. It really is that we've chosen it five minutes beforehand and we go. That's cool. That's cool. Let's go with that. Love it.
0: Um, Gazer asks, what constellation in fantasy do you think you would have been born under and why? And you can also make it up. I'm sure. Assuming Jeff, unless you have because right now we have the duo is when I made up. That's like in my solo episode mm-hmm. about like staying together, like the Gemini twins. Uh, the Bounding Hound. We have. I was born under the Tending Star. Oh fuck! Which one is that? That's the Star Tender. That's uh... Oh yes, that's the Star Tender. It's the first constellation. Can you give me a why? Just because it's because it's lit. It's, it's dope.
1: Uh, no, it's it's honestly it's more because like the the figures that made up the star the the tendings like the Star Tender yeah. star yeah, like yeah. Embody the things that I'm most passionate about, like, and like, admittedly, I like this is this is me saying something outright and being a little biased. But like the star tender is and like I did not go into the episode intending that to be this, but I cannot deny that the star tender is my is two of my favorite characters doing a fusion dance
0: yes it really is so like
1: there are they are two characters that very specifically like i see a lot of myself in and like embody the actual things that i care about in the world and then they did a dbc fusion dance there's no other way to describe it um but like that is a thing that like embodies the things that i care about in this world like storytelling and compassion and lifting people up like that thing isn't like that is a thing that embodies the, the the life that I have lived and the thing that I want to impart on the world.
0: I love that very much. I feel like I would be born under the duo, the one that's like because I I, I like the idea of not like you stick together. I like the feeling of as I'm getting older you see that like you don't always see your friends all the time as much mm-hmm. as you'd like or as much as you used to. So having something that's like, you know, you kind of have this invisible tether tied to them, or you see signs that are, you know, you see signs that, you know, makes you think of them and things like that, that kind of keeps me going. And I always like to be making plans with people, like even in the future, where it's like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do that. And I like the idea of accepting the fact that distance can separate friends and loved ones. But like you always are underneath of the si- very Kingdom Hearts, you're always under the same sky type mm-hmm. feeling. So I like that one. Love it. Um, what else we got? What do you got? This uh, episode's gonna be long as shit, and I've accepted that. Goblin I'm okay King. With
1: it. Goblin King asks, "How has a fantasy character inspired you in real life?"
0: Ooh, I like that a lot. Um, it's a tough one. Oh, I have one that's really good. I always liked the story of uh, Catherine the first channeler, Mm -hmm. the bunny Mm -hmm. who becomes like a constellation that helps primrose from like five years ago. I always like the idea of, I try with the shit that I make, especially this show to have it be not a place of like mentoring, but like kind of where I'm like, Hey man, I've learned a lot of shit in my life with creative stuff and, you know, existing and living in New York and struggling. If I can ever say anything or provide any kind of information that can help younger people or people going through the same things as me i'd like to do that Mm. and Catherine's whole character of like you don't Catherine didn't know in the time of her life what she was doing was becoming a con like you know becoming that for so many people and i'd like to believe that like this show if discovered after like if i you know if i wasn't alive or something like that or after we stopped making it if it's discovered by someone who's like you know, going through a creative rut or just like, you know, a sad moment can find it and like somehow you and I's energy can like help lift them up or inspire them to be like, it's all good. And other people went through the same things and they've been making a show for five years. It's not huge. They're not millionaires. They don't have Casper mattress ads, but they're still making things because they love them and they put their whole heart into it. Like that's what that's the character that I always think of a lot.
1: I think of Duchess a lot. I think of Duchess Duchess a Plum Tree about like. It kind of like that idea of what I was talking about, about like affirming my, how I view myself and my work as a, as a, as like a press person and as somebody that's like uplifting stories, like yeah. being a person that like, is like my job is to, my job is to, is to tell other people's stories. And like, it's kind of a beautiful thing. Like if what I can do is, is tell someone's story and have it be beautiful. Like that is a, that is a wonderful thing. Yes,
0: yes, yes. And yes, I feel the same way. Cause like. I, I'm no stranger to knowing that, like, these characters resonate differently, person to person, me, you, our listeners, and so you never know which character is telling someone's story or deeply affecting them, so, like, you have to give them their due respect, and it's always something yeah. I've liked about our show. I like it about it a lot. Um. Oh, I have one from Ederol. What is your ideal stop order uh, for a road trip through fantasy's major cities? Give me two spots. Where would you stop? Give me three spots. Three spots, three spots. Where driving going? through fantasy. Where are you going? Where am I going? Where am I going?
1: Um, we added mini golf to fantasy yet? Is that we, thing have that glub glub. we have
0: Glove Glove. We have Glove Glove. Going to
1: see a Glove Glove game. Love. Yeah. I'm all about going to a Glove Glove game. Um, I'm going to I'm going to Iron Hill because
0: oh, we said yes. that it's
1: got a brewery culture and I want to want to do want to walk around, hit some breweries, go see a Glove Glove game. And then honestly go to a wrestling match.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: that feels like that feels like the dream.
0: I love that. that feels a lot. like that
1: feels like the that feels like the dream.
0: I would love to visit Moon Crescent because I'm obsessed. I think about it every time I visit my mom. I have to take the train and like that, that coastal line. You run along the ocean pretty much on the train. And it makes me think about Moon Crescent and think of new ideas every single fucking time because it's gray. You're on this like rickety train going over bodies of water. And I'm always thinking about, like, I wonder what Moon Crescent would be like. I wonder, like, how windy it is, things like that. I wanna see what Ruin looks like because I'm sure it's fucking wild. And I would love to stop midway through. Oh, I wanna go to Geode in that like MMO ass adventure zone that Mm. we've made. I would love to see like what that's like, die in the game, die in real life type feel.
1: <laughs> love it.
0: I have one from Gazer. For both of you, if the world of fantasy was ending and you could only save one thing for the people who came next, what would it be? Okay, so here's my my, tw- my twist on this question. Yeah. If the show is ending and you could only have one thing about the show to carry on to like a new series, what would it be?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: fucking God, if it's fucking <laughs> if it's Wizard or cl- Clowns. Is it the Clowns? <laughs>
1: Aaron, Aaron, I want you. I want you to picture this. I really want you to picture. Name, name, name a podcast.
0: Um, uh, uh, reply all. Imagine,
1: Aaron. (laughs) Imagine, imagine. We we release this episode. We're like everybody. We did it. We've had five years. We're done. Wrap it up. Roman Mars comes on. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Reply. Uh, It is Roman Mars. I see. (laughs) Like, like, imagine. okay imagine how good it would be if just on like this american life okay hey everybody i'm Ira glass uh this week on the show we're talking about uh we're talking about comedy we're talking about the modern face of comedy in the world one tw- in the, the world that's one we're talking about what it means to tell jokes we're talking about if anyone really feels like they can tell jokes on our first story we're looking at the life and times of a clown that has taken a much different approach to the world of comedy I am Shao Clown and I were on the circus of misery. That's Shao Clown. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I like, am hearing it. That's what I want.
0: <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> I love That's it, but I hate want.
1: it. I'm Justin. I'm your I'm your I'm your oldest brother. I'm Griffin. I'm your <laughs> beautiful baby brother. I'm Travis. I'm the middlest brother. And I am Shao Clown. <laughs> and they and, the, and your precious McElroy boys have been trapped in my circus of misery.
0: That is amazing That's
1: um, my answer, my answer okay. is shout clown just wanders wanders through famous podcasts
0: i love it very much um for me it is of course uh i would like the g razor toy line sure yeah, yeah if anything lives through this show it's fucking grazer <laughs> i want grazer and the toys of that fucking robot cyborg deer eating graze Grazer, and it eats grass. You I honestly,
1: <laughs> so so. I a follow-up question. Nick asks, if you could turn one fantasy character into a fully produced story, what would it be, and what medium would you pick?
0: Is it Grazer?
1: No, it's I want the cartoon adventures of uh, Bazooka Joe Pesci and <laughs> <laughs> Carly Ray Jepton. Yo, I forget Fighting about Rae. Carly Ray
0: Jet Mike and fucking <laughs> J- Bazooka Joe Pesci so often until someone listens to the backlog. I think, like, Emily Saff in the Discord was like, yeah, I got the Bazooka Joe Pesci or somebody <laughs> did. I apologize if I forgot and I was like, holy yeah sh-. and then they got to, uh, uh, what's Nelly. the other one? Nelly. Nelly for Todd on the back. And I'm like, this show used to be bad. Like this show, this we
1: we've brought the show some places, and we have uh, gone some
0: places. We were free. That was August twenty second, twenty seventeen. It got published. We
1: were living. We were
0: living back then, man. We didn't have a care in the world. (laughs) We we, we would say this is bad audio. Don't care. This is bad audio. Four people are listening to it. Let's upload it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> somebody will find this in four years yo, and will be very
0: confused you don't understand <laughs> listeners back in the yesteryear it was every upload like 12 people and I'll be like yo Jeff 12 people listened in let's fucking go <laughs> so like there wasn't this idea of like what are listeners really connecting with it would be like Taylor Lillabresh and De moon Rules being like sick episode <laughs> bless them love them <laughs> oh if you've been listening since the beginning I'm actually in love with you uh what, would you, what what character would you adapt into a different medium? Oh, what character would I adapt into a different me? I would definitely do Crystal Grimm because I want a solid mech anime. And I always solid. think that premise slaps ass. Like, I yeah. always still think it's really, really good. And I'm already thinking of, like, my newest idea the other day came to me. And I was like, I have to work Crystal Grimm into Celeste Silverna eventually. And that is how I have doomed myself. Hell <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Hell yeah. You want to do
0: two more? One Let's blue, do one more. green?
1: Let's do a blue and a green. Let's do the blue first.
0: I have one from Faye. You can have one, too. This is a quick one. Faye, tell us what scent you find most comforting. Scent I find comforting. Mine is a campfire. That or lavender.
1: Love the smell of mint.
0: Ooh, yes. Nice, fresh mint. That and bacon. The smell of like- Bacon's a good smell. The smell of cooking bacon. It's magical and salty and and, and alluring. It's smoky. It's It's delightful. It's a good smell. I love it. Uh, What do you got? What's your blue?
1: Tomato Picasso asks any update on the AMFC Smash Bros tier list?
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, it's been a long time since we've updated the tier list, and there's a lot of really. There's been a lot of DLC. Let me fucking tell you. All right, all
1: right all right, all right, all right. Here's here's what I want to do real quick. This is lightning round. This okay. is lightning round. Okay. I want us. I want. It's what. It, all right. It's S. What what's the ratings? It's S A B.
0: Yeah, D is like junk. Like D right. is. So know. we
1: got five. You got five characters. You got you got you got one minute. You got. 30 seconds to one minute to, to think, and then you got to lay down your options.
0: All right. I'm going to give you my S-tier characters. or just You just got to pick one of each. Okay. Um, S-tier character, Alundra Foxfire, sure. The Mist of the Mirage. Sure. Uh, a B-tier character, I'm going to go with Samuel Gord because it's been a while and he has been nerfed. Um, a C-tier character is uh, um, Vistak Fallencrest. A D tier character. I hate to say it is herodrus even though herodrus is some kind of god. The kind of mechanics it just didn't really work out in sure. the programming. Doesn't really work. Um, a what am I at? An e? Am that's I, all at, S- I? think
1: I think that's all of them, right? You did okay. S- uh, the and only then, one you
0: didn't do was an A tier character. Oh, an A. God, I skipped an A tier character. Is um, is <laughs> Biff Bafo? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So my S tier is the Howdy Man. Like- of, course. of course, Like honestly, Howdy Man is like sephiroth and fucking cloud combined that's the with thing. mario like, it's too many good skill sets like
1: s like that's absolutely i mean because it's a he because he's a he's a he's a sword boy and so like
0: yeah of course like it's got that cl- got that cloud energy but it's but it's also like a daggerman like yeah. it's it's such a nimble quick it's way too fast got way that way it's got fast. it's
1: got that it's a very similar very similar to cloud in ultimate my a is the banana man oh fuck i forgot about banana banana man fits perfectly into that sort of uh fits very perfectly into that sort of big donkey kong ganondorf you know you're not or knocking the, uh, the fire tiger
0: that's in it now yeah 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 you're not knocking you're not knocking the banana man off of the stage banana man is like ultra heavy like banana man banana man i think got added as a joke and then everybody was like yo have you used banana man they don't get knocked off at like 400 percent." thinking my b tier plant with hands i'm kidding
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually you know what plant with hands fits exactly into a b tier yeah fits exactly into that like it's a funny character but like it's there's not a lot to do with it like no my my c tier is my c tier is is shuckles
0: oh very
1: limited move set very limited very limited functionality a lot of edge cases where it's really gonna be like choice
0: it was mostly added in for the cuteness factor and taunts good taunts
1: and then my f tier is uh is this is the slurps
0: Oh, Jasper Slurp (laughs) and the kids. Yeah, they're like an ice climber situation.
1: There's like four of them, but like, they're all bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, I do. This is the one I want to end on. Okay. Nocturnes Lullaby asks, what advice would you tell Jeff and Aaron five years ago to prepare for all my fantasy children?
0: Ooh, to prepare for it. I do like that.
1: I think I just like enjoy the ride. Yeah. The the show is going to be exhausting sometimes and the show is going to be frustrating sometimes and like just enjoy the ride. Like you're going to make a thing with your, like you're going to make a thing with your best friend and you're going to sit down for an hour or a week and you're going to like hang out and talk and like tell stories. Like, yeah. What else do you need? Like, what else do you I need? Know, you know, like, I know that's, that's my answer is like, I'm just going to, I'm always just going to say, go enjoy the ride. Like yeah. get, get ready. Cause it's not going to be what you think it's going to be. And just go like, there's nothing that's going to compare to just sitting down with your best friend and spinning in stories.
0: Yeah. I would definitely say the same, where it's kind of let it be what it is. I would say to prepare for it and be like, just enjoy the making of it. And whatever happens, whoever listens to it, it's something you told me a long time ago where you were like, you know, the show is going to be what it is. It's going to have our energy and our fun. And no, like not everyone's going to listen to it. And that's okay, because the people who do listen to it, are ones who connect with us and our brand of stuff, of creativity, of humor, of, you know, podcast making, and that's who we make the show for. We don't make it to touch, like, I oh, what's our target demographic? It's like, no, we, we make this show so that people make a connection with us, and if people come back, it just means that we have made a connection with us, and that's a beautiful thing and something to enjoy. So enjoy the making. Remember why you make it. It's to, you know, take yourself out of, a terrible place that you were in and have a creative moment with Jeff and have fun and laugh and try to build something that captures that feeling you've been chasing, like trying to build like all these, all these worlds that I've been obsessed with my entire life, trying to capture that in a bottle, my own flavor with Jeff. Mm -hmm. Remember why you do that and just keep doing it that way. Do not stress if everybody doesn't gravitate toward it because the people that do gravitate toward it, are the people you want to be engaged with you know yeah but yeah that's what i would say is my like here's my warning to you aaron good shit yeah i really like making this show it's it's it's, uh, been a good five years and i'm excited to keep going because like we're not we ain't stopping that's the thing this show has no expiration date hell yeah it's like uh it's like a twinkie hell yeah is that all we do on this show? I think show? that's all we do. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to us for five years talk about fantasy things and remaking things. And if you've been joining us since the beginning and experiencing the evolution of our little podcast that could, thank you so much. And if you're listening through the backlog and you're jumping ahead, know that you are just as valued and we appreciate you hanging out with us so fucking much. Welcome. You're amazing. And, you know, buckle up because the show is about to get really dope no matter where you're at in the backlog. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, is that it? I think that's all we do. Dang. Uh, we threw in some verbal hugs. Um, oh god, this hell episode was verbal hugs. Well, so. hell uh, yeah, but I think we're all good.
1: Uh, so I guess until next time, good, good night, night and good, good game. game.